Welcome to a series of talks about objective consciousness, an objective universe, and an objective way to awaken. Expanding upon the works of George I. Gurdjieff and Russell A. Smith. This podcast is part two of the conclusion of the audiobook of The Blueprint of Consciousness. In this episode, we read part one of chapter one of the objective sequel to Beelzebub's Tales to His Grandson, written by Russell A. Smith, and entitled Beelzebub's Last Wish. Let's begin. The Blueprint of Consciousness An Accelerated Path to Awakening by Russell A. Smith Conclusion Beelzebub's Last Wish Chapter 1 Part 2 Everyone listened attentively as Hussain described his first visit to the holy planet Purgatory. Recounting what his grandfather had told him about the moment of creation and about the ensuing configuration of the two fundamental laws, the laws of Heptaparaparshanoch and Triamazikamno. He then quoted precisely the instructions given to him by his grandfather. Instructions that had served for Hussein as the motivating force behind his investigations into the laws of world creation and world maintenance. Try very hard to understand everything that will relate to both these fundamental cosmic sacred laws, since knowledge of these sacred laws, particularly knowledge relating to the particularities of the sacred Heptaparaparshanoch, will help you in the future to understand very easily and very well all the second grade and third grade laws of world creation and world existence. Likewise, an all-round awareness of everything concerning these sacred laws also conduces, in general, to this, that three-brained beings, irrespective of the form of their exterior coating, by becoming capable, in the presence of all cosmic factors, not depending on them and arising round about them, both the personally favourable as well as the unfavourable, of pondering on the sense of existence, acquire data for the elucidation and reconciliation in themselves of that, what is called, individual collision, which often arises, in general, in three-brained beings, from the contradiction between the concrete results flowing from the processes of all the cosmic laws and the results presupposed and even quite surely expected by their what is called sane logic, and thus correctly evaluating the essential significance of their own presence, they become capable 
of becoming aware of the genuine corresponding place for themselves in these common cosmic actualizations. You see, everything is relative, remarked Hussain. If you know the beginning, you know the ending and all that comes between. The hours passed as he continued to define the various second-grade and third-grade common cosmic laws that came into being. It became evident to everyone present that underlying what appeared to be a chaotic creation, there was a remarkably simple structure. And that how? By knowing this structure, it was indeed possible to calculate an undetectable falling toward the solar system ores. As Hussein expounded on different facets of the structure, Lewis's subordinates checked and rechecked Hussein's calculations. One by one, they each began to nod at the accuracy of his computations. When Hussein had finally finished, Lewisos commented in a voice that was mixed with gratitude and concern. My dear Hussein, he said, based on what you have exposed here today, it is evident that we will have to rethink everything we always assumed we knew. Lewisos paused and once again stared off into the distance. Everyone sensed that he was reflecting on some errant calculations from the past. Then, with a sigh, he looked directly at Hussein and began to speak. If we would have previously deduced what you have so simply defined, that is, prior to the occurrence of that cosmic calamity which was responsible for the disastrous results to those three-brained beings which arose on the planet Earth and had taken into account the law-conformable simplicities that are inherently produced within the matrix of the laws of world creation and world maintenance, we would have been able to foresee the maleficent consequences of our actions and, thereby, could have averted what has now become an embarrassment for all of the universe. So, now knowing, I must with great haste, pass this information on to our endlessness. For, until today, I was not able to perceive any means of ever undoing that which had been done. But now, for the first time, there is in my being a real genuine hope that that which had been put awry might possibly be put aright. With these words, and a nod to Hussein of genuine being thankfulness, 
Archangel Luisos, immediately departed. During Luisos' absence, preparations for the journey were conducted under the watchful eye of arch-engineer Algamatand. He checked and double-checked everything. The only interruption occurred when everyone attended the sacred ceremony conducted after a being had passed from the physical world into the spiritual world. Thousands came, arriving from all over the universe. It was a most unusual event, as everyone seemed to experience the simultaneous inner being state of genuine exaltation bereavement from the transcendence loss of Beelzebub. As the ceremony came to an end, Hussein was informed that Archangel Luisos, accompanied by the most great Archangel Sakaki, had returned in time to attend the ceremony and were now on their way to the Great Hall where they wished to see Hussein on a matter of utmost importance. After Hussein had arrived, the most great Sakaki was the first to speak. Hussein, he said, I am here, imparted by the will of our endlessness, who was, as I am also, extremely impressed with your extrapolations on the laws of world creation and world maintenance, to ask if you, during your sojourn to fulfill your grandfather's request, might also consent to fulfill a special request from our endlessness. Hussein was stunned. The six flowings of associations that normally manifest continuously always in all responsible three-brained beings had ceased. And in the silence of this void, there then arose, in the entirety of Hussein's being, one permeating thought. What special request from our endlessness could I, even remotely, be qualified to fulfill? Perhaps you would like the honour of answering Hussein's question, said Archangel Sakaki, understandingly, compassionately, to Archangel Luisos. Hearing these words, Hussein quickly became unabsorbed by his thought, for he suddenly remembered, Archangels can know what you think. And with that thought came a slight feeling of embarrassment. And then there was the thought of them knowing of his embarrassment, followed by, of course, the thought of knowing that they knew that he knew. Whereupon, Hussein submitted, and with a gesture to Archangel Sakaki, which signified that he was returning to an all-centers receptive state, he inwardly, silently, patiently, awaited Archangel Lewis's response. It is the special request of our endlessness, began Archangel Lewis's, that you, Hussein, should make sojourn to the third planet of the solar system Oars, and there, 
equipped with your knowledge of the laws of world creation and world maintenance, help the beings there to understand them, in hopes that, how did you say your grandfather put it? Ah, yes, in hopes that they become capable of becoming aware of the genuine corresponding place for themselves in these common cosmic actualizations. Hussain took a deep breath before responding. I am most honoured to be considered worthy by our endlessness, and I will certainly make great effort to fulfil his request. However, how is it that I, a physical being of such limited knowledge, should even possibly be considered by our endlessness over angels or archangels? It is your comprehension of the laws, remarked Archangel Sakaki. And besides, it requires someone who can coexist with the beings there. Therefore, even if we shared your understanding, we could not make the sojourn. My comprehension of the laws, Hussein said inquisitively. Yes, said Archangel Lewisos. You. Hussein, are the most qualified. Me, most qualified, queried Hussein. All I did was study the downward flow of the diatonic forces in order to ascertain a way to climb back up. In fact, what I did, anybody can do. Precisely, said Archangel Sakaki. Even, maybe those three-brained beings breeding on the planet Earth. Yes, yes, interrupted Archangel Lewisos. Even maybe those three-brained beings, he repeated. Archangel Sakaki smiled at Lewisos's enthusiasm and then continued to speak. Our endlessness gave it considerable thought, reminding us that the previous messengers the messengers of faith, love and hope had all been unsuccessful. Archangel Sakaki bowed his head and became silent for a moment. Then, looking up at Hussein, he said with confidence, Our endlessness has decided that instead of sending another messenger equipped with one of the sacred impulses, Perhaps, this time, we should send a messenger equipped with nothing other than a set of rules. Yes, yes, a rule book, asserted Archangel Lewisos. And how shall I prepare for this task? asked Hussein. Have the beings on the third planet changed since the sojourns of my grandfather? If so... What are they like now? We do not know any of these answers, replied Archangel Sakaki. When the beings on the third planet began sending out probes, the Martian colonies were forced to leave, that is, after they eliminated all traces of their existence. So, we have no recent reports of any of their goings-on. Perhaps you should 
first go to Saturn, suggested Archangel Lewisos. I understand that the governor there has developed a very sensitive listening device. Maybe he can help. Possibly, said Hussein, as he continued to verbalize his thoughts. I had already considered making Saturn my first stop. But even if I am successful at attaining some useful information, there is still the problem of making an undetectable sojourn to the third planet. Archangel Lewisos has conceived a solution for making your approach undetectable, declared Archangel Sakaki. But your departure is still in doubt. As for your approach, I shall let Archangel Lewisos explain. Yes, yes, your approach, responded Archangel Lewisos. I have given it much thought and believe the answer is meteors. Meteors, Hussein questioningly thought to himself. Yes, meteors, said Lewisos confidently. As Hussein, who was again caught off guard, looked up at him in surprise. They will never suspect that, Lewisos added. Then, noticing the look of bewilderment that was etched upon Hussein's face, the venerable archangel compassionately proceeded to explain to Hussein that during his consultation with our endlessness, this question of how to make an undetectable sojourn to the planet Earth had been thoroughly discussed, and how our endlessness himself had suggested the possibility of modifying one of Archangel Hariton's newly designed escape pods that were currently being manufactured for use in all interplanetary ships. When our endlessness informed us, continued Archangel Lewisos, about the significance of this most recent discovery of Archangel Hariton, that is, that these newly designed escape pods which are similar to the present-day escape pods, were now being constructed with an additional outer layer of impartialom, a very rare residue matrix given off during the fusing of all the previously gathered materials, which customarily surround every first-order concentration. As these materials pass beyond its event horizon and enter forever into it, and how the coating of an escape pod with an outer layer of impartialom would ensure that, no matter how great the impact from the outside, nothing would ever get jostled on the inside. It was there and then that I first thought of meteors, remarked Lewisos. I immediately informed our endlessness how we could put a single being escape pod inside a small meteor and send it off, along with other small meteors, on a collision course with the planet Earth. It will be of little consequence if the meteors are detected by the beings there. I told him, That is, 
since the beings there should perceive no real threat from these small incoming fragments. Especially if we calculate their line of falling to make impact in some desolate or isolated area. Needless to say, our endlessness was very pleased indeed, and thereby has already authorized the construction of a special single-being escape pod meteor. The only difficulty that still remains, which was of great concern to him, is discovering a way to get you home. Before Lewisos could say more, Hussein blurted out, Get me home? And what happens if you cannot discover a way to get me home? Then you are home until we find a way, responded Lewisos, as he addressed Hussein with a look of both apprehension and reassurement. Hussein gazed at Archangel Lewisos, then at Archangel Sakaki. Finally, he turned toward the Holy Son Absolute and, after taking a deep breath, nodded his head to signify that he understood the personal risks involved. Hussein had many questions for Archangel Lewisos, and while the two of them discussed the various details, Archangel Sakaki set course for the Holy Son Absolute to inform our endlessness of Hussein's consent. For the next several Dionosks, Hussein and Archangel Lewisos became totally immersed in their discussions. They checked the calculations for making the adjustments in the proposed line of falling and went over every other possible contingency which Hussein might encounter. That should do it, said Lewisos. Your ship is now ready and it is time for you to be on your way. My ship, carrying the meteors, will depart as soon as the construction of the special single-being escape pod meteor is finished. Hopefully, by then, your business on the planet Saturn will also be completed. After which, you must leave the solar system in the same undetectable manner in which you entered. Once you are well beyond the third planet's range of detection, Use your directional antennas to signal your position. We will adjust the course of our line of falling and rendezvous with you. Good luck, Hussein, and endlessness speed. Finally, the moment had come when there was only one thing left to say, and the captain of Hussein's ship said it. Engage. That concludes today's podcast. If you would like a chance to read the whole book, The Blueprint of Consciousness, An Accelerated Path to Awakening, which is available as a high-quality 520-page hardback and also as a PDF download, simply visit the store at our website, thedogteachings.com
The blueprint of consciousness contains an objective exercise in awakening that has literally awakened hundreds of people. Be free. Be awake. Be real. And realize your full potential as a human being. On our website, you will be able to listen to other talks, obtain diagrams, animations, supporting videos, and much, much more. In addition, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under The Dog Teachings. And, as a reminder, we have two Zoom classes every Saturday to assist you. Level 1 is freely available for anyone who purchases the Blueprint of Consciousness. And the other is for those who have obtained the Master Exercises and the Double or Nothing Exercises. See under Resources slash Zoom Classes for more details. All at thedogteachings.com That's T-H-E-D-O-G-T-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-S dot com Goodbye. Until next time.